What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and this is episode 166. Now, I'm going to be joined shortly by a special guest on the show, my good friend Kim L. And she's a local DJ here in my hometown. She has a couple residencies. She plays at a silent disco a couple times a month, which has been really successful here locally. She's played at EDM Tuesdays for a couple of years now, which is a local event that we've talked about a number of times on the show along with another friend who's been on the show before, John Chappell, uh, which recently celebrated 10 years of running, which is just a really long time for a show like that to be running. She's been involved with that for the past couple of years, and it's started to kind of wane. So we talk a little bit about that. We talk a little bit about the silent disco and how that works out and uh, other things that are related to her coming into the scene because she's been involved in this for about three years now which I thought was an interesting time period, and I realized, you know, we'd been talking about wanting to get Kim on the show for a while now. It's something I talked to John about uh, before I had really started talking to Kim myself, and then we finally got it arranged, and she came in to talk, and it's I'm glad that we did because she's in a certain uh, range where she's been in this for, you know, three or four years, which probably describes a lot of our audience, and yet that's a range of experience that we don't seem to directly address a whole lot on the show. We talk a lot about beginner DJs, and we talk a lot about veteran DJ stuff and stuff about the old rave scene and the history of DJing and things like that, but there's this in-between that we feel like we've kind of neglected, and Kim fits perfectly right into that spot And so we wanted to bring her in as a guest, and she had a lot of great things to share because she's already becoming a really well-rounded DJ. She has a lot of great things to share with us as far as what it's like to get involved with the scene in the past couple of years, you know, here in a fairly small town. Uh, Now, those of you who are watching the video version of this podcast are going to notice that I'm not in my normal spot. And that's because Passionate DJ Studios is having a little bit of work done at the moment. I'm having a wall put up and some doors. And so I'm recording in my living room right now, which is why you may be seeing my cats walk by every now and then. Hopefully they stay quiet. Um, But uh, we'll be in Passionate DJ Studios for the rest of the interview because I recorded that uh, before the work started and just recorded this intro here in my dining room. So um, speaking of YouTube... I've been basically doing YouTube versions of the past, uh, I lost count, 10 or 20 episodes of the Passionate DJ podcast, and it's really been working out, and I'm really excited to be doing it, and it's not something that I officially announced on the show that I would be doing, because honestly, I was a little afraid to commit to it. Uh, Historically, Passionate DJ has been an audio talk show, and anything that we did that was video content was sort of a bonus. Uh, But that's a little bit antiquated these days. Uh, You almost have to have this visual aspect. That's what we all want to consume, you know, content in video form. And so um, while we still record the podcast with the intent of treating it like a radio show and making it work for an audio audience, the important thing is getting a good recording of the audio. Uh, We're starting to do these videos, you know, video versions of the recording of the podcast, just like you see other podcasts do. And uh, we really enjoy doing it, and I just, I never, like I said, really wanted to announce that we were doing that officially for every episode, because I wasn't sure that we'd be able to keep up, and yet for the past 20 or so episodes, we've been putting them all up on YouTube, and so uh, I think it's safe to say that we're going to be doing that from now on, so 
uh, I hope that you will check us out on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash passionate DJ. Okay, now I want to get on to our conversation soon with Kim, but before we do that, I do want to play this voicemail message from Sean. And just a reminder to you that we do take voicemail messages. All you have to do is go to passionatedj.com, go to the podcast menu, click leave a voicemail, and you can leave us a voice message up to 90 seconds or so. We take questions, comments, uh, hate mail, whatever you want to send our way, we will take it, and uh, if it's relevant to the audience, we will play it on the show, just like we're going to do here for Sean. So here is the voicemail. Hey David, this is Sean from Houston, Texas. I just want to let you know that I listen to almost every single podcast they have released. And every single time, every single time I listen to your podcast, I see myself in that position. I see myself as the turntablist. I see myself as the one playing the unique music to all the people around the world. I see myself headlining, being the successful music producer that I've always wanted to be since 12 years old. And just thinking and just thinking and reading and listening to all the things that you give me, all these tips, and all these steps, all help me into furthering this career. And if there's anything that you really want to hear is a person that's very passionate about DJing, and that's me, about furthering their career in music production and enhance the music world, just not, not just by DJing, by producing and giving people what exactly they want to hear giving a variety to the world i'm going to be that person and i would really just love to speak on you one-on-one considering the fact that i you made it big and you if anything you you were probably a very big person in my eyes i thank you for your time and hopefully you hear this okay wow sean so uh first of all just Wow, thank you so much for all those kind words and I'm you know, it really warms my heart to know that Passionate DJ has affected your life in a positive way and that uh, you resonate with our message and that we've had that connection uh and you know, that's why me, Tony, Tripp and Mo do this show. Um it's to be able to connect with people like you and I'm really glad that it's touched you in some way or another. Uh so thank you for calling in to let us know that in your own voice. Uh we really appreciate that. Feel free to reach out to me uh, through email. would probably be the easiest, david at passionatedj.com. Put uh, Sean uh, voicemail or something in the subject line so I know who you are and make sure that I see it and uh, we can keep talking and and see what uh, some of your struggles are. And um, I will at least get in touch with email and and get the conversation started. Um, And just, you know, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart and, um, you know, from the rest of the team. Um, it really means a lot that you took the time to let us know uh, that you're liking what we're uh, sending out to the world. Okay, one last thing before we get into our main topic. Um, At the end of the show, after the outro music plays, I'm going to play a small bonus clip, just a piece of the conversation that Kim and I had after, you know, the outro music played and we were done recording the actual podcast and we took our headsets off. Uh, The camera was still rolling and we kept on talking and there was a lot of good conversation in there, and, uh, you know, that's the sort of stuff that I can't put in the main show. Uh, You know, the audio quality is a little bit different than the rest of the recording because it's from a different mic, Uh, but it's very listenable, and we take that stuff that's like deleted scenes, and we put those in our bonus show. And uh, so I'm going to give you sort of a teaser clip after the show today of, uh, you know, five or ten minutes worth of that conversation, and I hope you'll enjoy it. And now to my conversation with Kim L., 
I have a special guest with me, Kim. Introduce yourself to the audience. Welcome Hi. aboard. Um, I go by Kim L. Kim L. And you are a DJ here in Dayton, Ohio. I am. And uh, so maybe describe your sound a little bit to the audience and tell us what you're about. Um, I would say my sound, I uh, resonate usually in-house, um, but uh, fairly multi-genre, um, just kind of flow in and out of whatever. And how long have you been in the DJ biz? Um, it'll be three years coming up this December, actually. Three years. Yeah. Okay. And so I know you from like uh, Therapy Cafe and EDM Tuesdays and stuff, and that was kind of how I was introduced to you. But I'm not sure where your interest started. Um, wh how what got you into the whole thing? Um, I've always been pretty uh, musically inclined. Um, I grew up playing piano. I picked up violin. Um, I picked up a little bit of guitar. Um, I played piano as well. Uh, and I was in choir pretty much my whole life, like with school and church and, you know, whatever. Um, and then once I got to college, I couldn't really bring my instruments with me to my dorm room and whatnot. So I kind of uh, lost that outlet a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then um, so I moved back to Dayton and I was out one night with some friends and uh, my friend was like, oh, hey, like I know a DJ. Like, let me let me introduce you. So I was like, OK, that's that's cool. Um, so then that was when uh, I met John Chapel. Yeah. And uh, it's been on the show. Been a while. John. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just kind of asked him, you know, hey, I'm interested in that, I guess. Um, you know, can you just show me like how the buttons work? I mean, it was never really yeah. like, a, oh, I want to, you know, be somebody or you know you know uh, i guess do something with it i just really just was curious about it um so he had me come in on tuesdays at therapy and um you know he just showed me what some things do and i just kept going every tuesday and just practicing and here we are and you started in virtual dj is that right yes you started in virtual dj um what do you prefer to play on now i know you've explored some other uh platforms but uh, do you have like a preferred way to dj um i mean i still reside um mainly in virtual dj okay. um it's just what my controller works on right now but um obviously i've played on pioneers a couple times um you know if i had that to work with then that would probably be yeah where i am yeah and you use a controller at home mm -hmm. as uh american audio is it yes it's okay. american audio like vms5 how is that because i've never had a chance to use an american audio controller i've used other american audio stuff but mm -hmm. not a controller well i started with um a, a new mark oh okay um it was a two channel and then um is that a mix track or yes okay I think the three pro three maybe okay very popular starter mm -hmm. controller for sure and then um i nathaniel from therapy actually gifted me the uh, american audio um which is a four channel and um i mean i'm still trying to figure out you know the four channel part but um as a whole it's 
It's good. So lately you've been playing on a lot of Pioneer rigs. Um, you uh, played at Mask not too long ago, mm-hmm. and you're playing a show what, in two weeks from the Saturday of when we're recording this. So probably after this episode published, you'll already have played it. But um, tell us a little bit about that show and, and what's going on there. Um, it is next Saturday. So okay. a week from a week this, from yeah, yeah a week from this Saturday, um, so that will be at Scully's up in Columbus. Okay, um, I'll be opening for uh, AC Slater nice. again. Again, so the, she again, says, yes. man, it's veteran now. <laughs> very very exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. So what uh, what kind of stuff are you going to play going in? Do you have a something in your head like energy wise or style wise or do you kind of do you always play a similar style or what's your approach for these like headliner shows um i've learned uh with opening for you know bigger names to kind of cater a little bit um of my style i guess you could say sure to lead up to the headliner um so you know ac slater is a little i guess he calls it a genre like uk garage or Mm. you know it's kind of minimal but like housey um so that's kind of you know i'll i'll be playing like my take on that i guess you could say yeah so um where would you like to take the conversation do you want to talk more about gear and learning how to go that direction do you want to talk about playing these bigger shows you want to talk about uh therapy uh we have silent disco we can talk about that uh I'll leave it up to you. Where do you want to aim here? And we'll we'll mm. go that direction. Mm, I don't know. Um, I'm throwing you under the bus sure. here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we can talk a little bit about, um, you know, I guess my journey so far. Yeah. And uh, So you started yeah. playing the, uh, well, not even playing necessarily, but started showing interest at therapy and then eventually playing there for EDM Tuesdays and, and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that eventually led to you playing these bigger shows um, at a pretty quick rate, at a gr- rate of growth, you know, right. ar- as an artist, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I remember going a few times and hearing people, hey, have you seen that, Kim? Have you seen her? You go check her out. You know, she's, I had never heard her play before. And so I, I kept hearing the, the buzzing and stuff. And so, I mean, you've made an impression you know, locally. Um, so, I mean, I guess how did you go from how did you get to the the playing the shows where you're like a supporting role um well so you know i was practicing every tuesday and you know therefore a part of edm tuesday and um my i guess first show um tony uh Mm -hmm. sorrow had uh picked me what what was that uh monthly uh first fridays first fridays yeah so that was my first like big show and that was like within i think like three months of me having started um so that was really cool um just to have that kind of support you know since i had just started and you know i wasn't planning on it being anything to have someone i guess recognize that um was really cool and so you know i just kept at it and um you know, I guess, like you said, just people hearing about me and, you know, whatnot, it just kind of spread out and people were contacting me for bigger things, I guess. And then you started getting, in the meantime, you started getting really kind of integrated there at therapy with, mm-hmm. uh, specifically with an EDM Tuesday and, um, 
what would you how would you describe they had a residency there or at least you were a very recurring Mm -hmm. presence there for sure yeah so i would go in every tuesday early before people would get there and i would practice for about two hours before the actual lineup started okay um and sometimes you know if we didn't have anyone you know opening or you know whatever um then i would just fill in in certain gaps um so i got i guess you could say some exposure there did you seek out the the gigs or did they come to you as a result of people either seeing you or like word of mouth what's your impression of how you landed those gigs locally i think it was more of like a, a word of mouth um and then just like one thing led to another kind of um so you know we were doing the tuesdays at therapy and then the mask started doing something similar on Thursdays. Right. And so, um, you know, hop between the two and then um, the mask was pulling in artists from like Columbus and Cincinnati and things like that. So I was like kind of networking there. Yeah. And also, you know, that I was playing. So, you know, that was exposure as well. And that was um, where I met uh, Bryson from mm-hmm. uh, my best friend's party up okay. in Columbus. Yep. And um, he liked my stuff. And so he, um, a, like a month or two after that, had asked me to open for AC Slater. And that was closing out my first year of DJing. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. And so um, kind of bringing it back to the EDM Tuesday thing, um, you started kind of getting more integrated there. And then I think you started doing booking Mm-hmm. for other DJs there mm-hmm. and just to remind the audience for for those who are newer listeners uh, EDM Tuesday was a local night here in Dayton Ohio uh, and a lot of DJs in the past 10 years or so have gotten their start by playing these free shows it was you know never any cover mm-hmm. uh, ex- with one or two exceptions for special shows I think over 10 years mm-hmm. it was always a free show and it was always pretty much not open decks but kind of open signups um, yeah. for the most part mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you started doing bookings for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what have you seen since, I, uh, you know, I started, I, w- I watched the whole EDM Tuesday lifespan over the past, is it 10 years? Is that? Yeah, we just right? had our 10 year, like a month or two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, so I kind of have watched that, that cycle. Um, at what, did you come in three years ago or had you been attending prior to that? I just came in like three years ago. You just walked mm-hmm. in. Okay. So. Um, what's your impression of how the past three years of that have gone and what have the struggles been? Because mm-hmm. I know you've you've seen this, you know, intimately for the past couple of years and you've been really involved with it. And I know there's been trouble with attendance and, and things like that. So I'm wondering what you've seen there and um, if there are any plans for the future and, you know, what's what's going on in the world of EDM Tuesday? Um, so when I first came into the scene or that scene um, three years ago, you know, every Tuesday was, you know, it got sweaty in there. You know, <laughs> it was like packed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everyone had a good time. The DJs were great. Um, and then I would say, you know, maybe over the last two years, um, things have kind of dwindled a little bit. We're not exactly sure what's going on. Um I mean, you know, we're still getting new DJs to get added to the lineup. We're still bringing back, um, you know, old DJs. Um, so there's still variety there. Um, yeah. And we're just, 
kind of thinking that um, the crowd that was there three years ago, you know, maybe people are growing up and, you know, have adult jobs and, and kids can't come and jobs out and on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, that's pretty difficult. Um, so I don't know. I mean, right now, I believe that from a business standpoint, it's not quite working out. Okay. Um, in that sense, so we're kind of, uh, I guess, broadening the the format of EDM Tuesday to just a more of an open format for okay. everyone. Uh, is it still going to be the same format uh, as far as having guest rotation of DJs, or is it going to yes. be more of a resident DJ situation there? Um, I think we're still going to have um, a little bit of residency with, you know, maybe one or two guests okay but so you're pivoting the the business model to try to cater to the the current climate what mm -hmm. whatever's going on yeah so we're, we'll still have a little bit of edm but it won't be a a complete whole night of gotcha EDM. gotcha it's still a weekly well yes. it's it's every tuesday i guess mm -hmm. you'd be open um okay so yeah it's it's too bad that uh, john couldn't be here to talk about this too i'm sure he's got some thoughts on it but uh part of me wants to say like this is just what's happening in general like people mm -hmm. just aren't going out as much and you know we've i've heard that before um but at the same time uh you had the silent disco thing at therapy is like right. exploding like i thought that was going to be a one-off and then it and then it came back i'm like oh cool they're doing it again and then all of a sudden it's the how often is that happening now um the silent disco um it started off once a month yeah um it was usually the last friday of the month um now that we're about a year and a half into it sometimes there are more than four fridays mm -hmm. um in the month so usually when there's five fridays we'll do a pop-up so we'll do two mm. um but man every month there's still new people coming it's out packed it's, out they love amazing. it they love it I, I was amazed that you know i thought this would be a very short-lived thing i thought it'd be a novelty mm -hmm. and i mean now it's the thing people are coming out for right so it's uh, I don't know if you and everybody there agrees, but to me it seems kind of like like maybe that has replaced EDM Tuesday in a way as being like that same kind of go out, have fun crowd is now doing that. Right, yeah. Um, which is awesome. I mean, because it's not like there's no EDM there. I'm sure, you know, that gets played and, you know, hip hop gets played and, you know, all the traditional bar jams get played and you get a, ch a choice to, you know, to switch between whichever one that, that you want. So, you know, it's, that's super awesome. I guess I should let you explain how that works. Um, oh. the, the, so the silent disco, you are one of the DJs a lot of the time or all the time, correct? I think that I've only missed one. And then there's two other DJs. Mm -hmm. There's uh, John Chapel and uh, Dylan, who Dylan. goes by Sexbox. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, and you all play at the same time, you have different stations? Yeah, we're uh, positioned at different parts of uh, the bar, yeah. And so how how does that audio routing work? Like, does all that stuff go to the house mixer or does that go to some other setup that you do specifically for silent disco or so the the headphones and all of the i guess the the technical stuff um we rent that from a different company um so you know when we have the disco he comes in with boxes of headphones and things like that and so basically we set up our controllers to this little it looks like a little wi-fi router oh like a transmitter mm -hmm. okay. a transmitter yeah so 
from there i don't know where it goes <laughs> <laughs> but um so yeah we each have a little wireless thing and um so it's got like it probably just goes straight to the headphones it's got like three different bands I think you know so, one yeah. for each so you have like a green and a blue and a red blue and red yeah and that determines who you're listening to right so how does that dynamic play out when you're you're in the room does that get in your head if like you're the blue dj and you see a sea of red does it freak you out or is it oh, i mean what for is sure that? for sure <laughs> um i mean when we first started you know playing the silent disco it was like we had no idea you know i guess exactly how to work the crowd or you know how to play for six hours um you know and still maintain energy um yeah. so you know it's just kind of been uh, I guess every disco is, is a lesson, you know, you yeah. learn something, um, but it's, it's, you know, paying attention to the crowd and, you know, it is like a competition, you know, like we'll get on the mic and, you know, say things about the other DJ or, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's all fun. Yeah. And, you know, it, gets, it helps that you all know each other. Yeah. And stuff, I'm sure. And, and it gets, you know, the crowd involved and hyped and, you know, then there's like all different teams and, you know, people prefer, you know, other channels versus other channels. So, you know, it creates kind of this like community almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, just uh, really watching, you know, oh, I think I'm going to play this song. I think it's going to hit. But, you know, let me see. So, you know, you kind of scan the crowd, see, yeah. you know, where you're at approximately according to color. And then you play that song and either everybody's going to switch off <laughs> or, you know, people will start tapping their friends like, you know, get get this color and, and see, then the, you'll see it change. It's really cool. The cool thing about that is you get instant data, mm -hmm. like visual data by just looking out. Like if you play like, I don't know, play regulators or something and then you see everyone go click, 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 click and it just goes yeah. blue or whatever. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm going to rem remember that for next time. Yeah. Do you have like a grab bag of those tunes now that, that yeah. works every time or has a good chance? Yeah, there's, um, you know, certain songs that like everyone knows so like i i play the the edm channel okay so you know there's certain songs um like every time we touch mm. cascada you yeah know, everyone knows that song and <laughs> you know it's a super happy like hype song so you know when you feel like you know people are kind of dwindling not quite interested you know play that song guarantee you everybody's going to be tapping each other <laughs> they'll switch over and then you know for me it's fun i guess with playing edm is what you do once you get the people there okay you know so like you get everybody on that channel with that certain energy level and then i've got you right where i want you <laughs> yeah so then you know it's it's what you do after that you know that really gets people to i guess you build a rapport you build that trust with them okay um you know like uh usually when i do every time we touch i'll transition it into like a really hard trap song okay which seems strange but you know like energy wise um people just kind of continue riding that um flow you, you probably have to give a lot of variety within your own channel right because yeah people are there to check out the variety and they're switching it around no matter what. So if right. you play the same sound for a long time, 
I'm, I'm speaking without experience here, but I'm assuming that, that you're going to lose people pretty quickly yeah. if you play like the kind of techno set that I might play at a normal, like a three-dimensional show that's mm -hmm. meant for that sort of thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, you have six hours to play. Yeah, that's a long time. And so, you know, if anybody plays their specific genre for that long, it's, it's not going to fly. Yeah. So, you know, with having played the disco for you know, a year and a half now, you know, it's really broadened my library. Um, and like, I guess my transition skills, like within different genres and, you know, understanding when to play what genre and, you know, when to, you know, okay, maybe that didn't work. I'll, <laughs> I'll try that again in 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really about timing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to the next question, I do want to remind our audience about our monthly bonus show. It's called After Party. You can access that by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash passionate DJ. The way that works is you can sign up. You can pledge any amount monthly that you want to uh, support the Passionate DJ podcast. And uh, you gain access to our monthly show and uh, at a very low tier. And not only do you get access to uh, future episodes of the bonus show, but you get access to every show up to this point that you've missed. So as soon as you sign up, you unlock all that stuff uh, going back. We're on, uh, I don't know, the sixth or seventh version of After Party coming up. Uh, so you get access to all that stuff going back, the back catalog. And it's just a show full of deleted scenes and side conversations and uh, stuff like that. Uh, stuff that didn't make it into the original show or stuff that we re recorded just for the supporters of the show. Uh, so definitely sign up, patreon.com slash passionate DJ. Also, we have merch. I'm wearing the Deep House is for Lovers t-shirt right now in heather blue. It is so comfy. It's like that stretchy, like soft material, real nice and comfy, well-fitted. This is, like I said, the heather blue. We have a couple different colors. Uh, so those of you watching on YouTube right now can see that. Uh, we also have the Coexist shirt, which is kind of a, a play on the, uh, the Coexist mm -hmm. logo, but it's got like DJ formats mm. in there, nice. like CD and vinyl and stuff. Um, and then, of course, all the Passionate DJ logo swag that you want. We've got hoodies, shirts, all that kind of stuff. Check that out at passionatedj.com slash merch. Um, we spoke a little bit before the show, and we were just talking about, you know, what do we want to talk about? And we didn't want to plan it too much. We just kind of have a conversation. There's a lot that seems to be changing in our world and our scene, um, hopefully for the better. But it's it's a struggle to kind of navigate these waters of equality and you know that sort of stuff. So, being that you've been in this th three years or so. What has your experience been as far as getting into the scene locally um, in regards to equality or anything else that you want to talk about um, just as a new DJ? How, you know, how many roadblocks have you encountered? Um, I mean, I think... If any. Sure. Um, the industry itself, I mean, I would say most recently, you know, you're seeing more females come out. Um, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, locally, I don't think that that has ever, I guess, counted against me, you could say. Um, I think if anything, it's maybe even like a leg up or, you know, uh, I guess you could put it as like another marketable aspect mm, sure. um, about me, um, which is cool. Um, 
you don't feel like it's held you back as far as like people treating you inappropriately or differently like you know especially you know men white men in the mm-hmm. industry you know telling you how to play or um, did you ever feel like you were denied gigs or anything like that and I I only ask because I, I don't ever see that locally but mm-hmm. I wouldn't you know what I mean right, so yeah. I, I never want to make assumptions about that sort of right. stuff I don't think that it's like deterred or I don't think that it's been any sort of roadblock for me but then again you know I haven't played anywhere outside of Ohio let's mm. say um, so I'm not sure um, how that would be elsewhere but I haven't seen anything um, around here I guess you could say um, everyone's been very you know inviting and loving and you know just the EDM community itself is I'm glad to hear that I've I've heard that from other people that I've asked locally you know other women in the industry and um, other women DJs Um, but I you know I, I try not to make any assumptions but I always try to ask if if the person is willing to receive that kind of questions not everybody mm-hmm. likes to talk about that but um because i want to know i want to know what we can do to be better allies in this and right. and you know whether that's just speaking as another male dj or as passionate dj or, or anything else right. um so i it, mean so far i haven't encountered anyone like that sure so that's, that's i don't want to jinx it either yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that's great what about uh just in in growth uh, as a dj or as an artist in general what have your biggest roadblocks been whether that's as it relates to the scene or hardware or knowledge or uh, mental state. I mean, what's what holds you up, if anything? I think, I mean, the amount of time to practice. Um, Obviously, it's something Mm. that always needs to be practiced and like a time management. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, have time set aside. I just wish I had way more. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, here. Yeah. so, I mean, aside from that, um, you know, in terms of growth, um, most recently, you know, I was talking to you about um, producing software mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, you know, obtaining the software was uh, a little bit of a, a hang up. Still, maybe, might be, but I mean, I'm still trying to, you know, work around it or, you know, whatever. What's your software of choice for production so far? Um, so, so far, I've had a little bit of exposure to Ableton and also uh, to FL Studios. Okay. Um, Both are great. Seemingly right now, um, I'm drawn more to FL Studios, I think. Okay. Any particular reason? Uh, I think it's uh, just visually, It to me, it seems more intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was saying earlier, Ableton seems very... 2D and kind of just technical um, as opposed to FL Studios I guess where uh, certain um, packages of sounds um, you know it'll pop up like a little like a little virtual, yeah, yeah like a little virtual interface and you can see you know like these virtual knobs that you can twist and um, yeah FL Studio has a lot more um, visual flair, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, in it. Whereas like Ableton is, is a little more Spartan and it has, it's like, everything's kind of like the same fonts and knobs and, and things, which, um, for having a nice, simple, clean interface is nice. But if it's difficult for like attaching a memory to something like, Oh, that one filter works with that red knob or, or something, you know, right. so it's, yeah, it's, it's it kind seems, of, it doesn't 
quite seem like entry level. Mm. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree. Like I think that FL Studio is is more intuitive, but I'm like extremely biased because I've been using FL Studio since I was like 15 or something. So <laughs> since it was called Fruity Loops yeah 3.0 or whatever mm. it was like a glorified drum machine you know back then and so it's it, of course i would think it's more intuitive right it's sure. just i don't have a good context for that anymore yeah um but i like the thought of ableton and i like that a lot of my friends use it so it would make it real easy to collaborate mm -hmm. with them um and i i like its time stretching capabilities it's real good at their, their warping system is real good at like snapping things to time so if you're trying to do dj like stuff you know that's the, the go-to software you know but, you mean like uh, live either oh. um you can excuse me you can uh, warp the tracks to kind of like a beat grid but okay. then you can uh, like change it on the fly so it could like if you had a part where the tempo changed it would still you could still make it work huh. So it's it's real good at, at that sort of thing, but just the the actual workflow. I'm so used to FL Studio that right. I've just never been willing to make the jump yet, and I've never really had a reason to other than the the collab thing. Yeah. You know, they all do everything now; <laughs> they're all good. Yeah. So it's a matter of preference anymore. Yeah. Uh, what kind of stuff have you been trying to produce? Is it similar to what you DJ, or do you have you explored other sounds? Um. Well, so my very brief experience with Ableton, it was more of just like, this is how you, you know, this is where you go to find this and, you know, find that. And then yeah. um, later that night, I tried to do it myself and I was like, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember anything. And then uh, my experience with FL Studios, um, a friend of mine, uh, it was about, he said 30 minutes before I got to his house, he like you know did maybe like a minute's worth of you know something something quick that he just kind of whipped up and um so we sat there for two or three hours and just kind of like messed with it a little bit um he was i guess you could say the the captain you know <laughs> with uh the mouse and you know doing all of the things that i was just verbally suggesting um so that was kind of cool to at least see how someone uses it yeah um as opposed to you know someone just showing me like sure this is what this is yeah um so it was, it was a little uh more i guess uh immersive in that way yeah so is that kind of where your where your next folk area of focus is is production or what else do you have uh, what do you want to be doing as an artist um i mean i think in terms of producing it's it's been something that's you know been on my mind and you know, I feel like for anyone who DJs, that's kind of like the next step. If if you start out DJing, mm -hmm. you know, that is the next step to be like an all-encompassing DJ. Um, so I think uh, in terms of that, you know, I'm going to be diving more into that, but also still doing that, uh, like actual DJing. Do you have like a, what, what would be like your ideal gig, like who would you want to open for or who what what festival would you want to play oh my or gosh. what would be like the the aim high thing for you i mean you know like i said when i started out i there was 
there was not even you know a goal it was just i'm just doing this and i'm having fun you know that's why i ask i wonder if that's changed now that you have a few years of experience doing this are you so used to thinking are are you just riding the wave and seeing where it takes you or do you have like (laughs) aspirations of particular goals or anything like that that you want to be doing i mean i feel like for the most part i'm just kind of riding the wave you know i i want to keep it um as much of a a passion Mm -hmm. um as possible um, you know, I, I don't want to end up playing gigs where someone is telling me what to play right. or, you know, I'm not trying to like put myself into a box with anything. Um, so you don't want to lose that artist side of it. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, this is started out as a passion and, you know, I want to keep it that way and, you know, just kind of grow from there, like wherever it takes me, then I'll go there. I think that's cool because I think that that approach is a good path to happiness because you're you're kind of like always happy as long as things are happening Mm -hmm. right like uh, not to speak for you but i mean just to have that attitude like it's easy to set a goal that's here and then to feel like you're always just reaching for that goal and never you know hitting that whereas you're kind of like hey this is fun and i'm going to do it as much as people want to hear it and with that kind of attitude you keep on doing it and you keep on enjoying it and those things keep growing on their own because you're enjoying it and Mm -hmm. so it's i think that's a great attitude to have because it's a lot easier to stop and smell the roses while it's all happening rather than to feel like you're just grinding all the time exactly you know what i mean Um, because a lot of people get stuck in that grind Mm -hmm. i I get stuck in that grind people really you know feel your energy and you know your excitement Um, when you're playing and you know I want to be able to maintain that you know I don't want to just stand up there and press buttons and you know get paid at the end of the gig or whatever you know Um, you know I want to just share all these cool songs that I found or you know I want to take the audience you know on a journey you know and like we'll all have fun or you know whatever (laughs) like that's that's where I want to keep it so in terms of like big goals and you know I don't really have any, you know. Just have just, fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so far, everything's just kind of just come to me, um, you know, in terms of, like, big gigs and um, opening for big people. Like, it's just all just kind of happened. And So I want to ask you kind of another throw-you-under-the-bus question. Now that you are no longer a novice but not yet a veteran – Okay. <laughs> what what have you learned in this past three years that that really has kicked you forward? Like, what's been the best thing for you as an artist developmentally? Um, you know, what's what audience? What um, advice would you give to the audience in that respect? From like DJ to DJ, um, I guess you know, just keep your tracks fresh. You know. Um, there is some, you know, nostalgia in playing old songs, um, but you want to, you know, stay relevant, mm-hmm. you know, and let's say someone sees you for the second or third time, you don't want to be playing the same songs, you don't want to be playing the same set. And that's something you have to worry about because you play so many gigs, mm-hmm. really. I mean, you're, you have residencies, so you have people who go back to the same place, and right. so if you're not, you know, you're not necessarily playing the the top 40 hits of right now you're playing maybe top 40 hits of you know extended over time and plus edm and and remixes of those things and so you have stuff to connect with the audience Mm -hmm. and and things but 
um, if they hear that same remix, you know, five times in a row, maybe they lose interest. <laughs> right. Have something to, uh, you know, attach to you other than, oh, that's that person that plays that, uh, you know, Snoop Dogg remix or whatever right. it is, you know. I mean, it's, you know, just make sure that you're always growing, you know, in whatever aspect of DJing or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, whether it's learning how to use a, a new button or, mm -hmm. you know, finding new songs or, you know, uh, you want to perfect a certain transition or yeah. something like that, you know, just make sure that, you know, it's not always the same thing. Uh, and that's one thing that that I've noticed about you. And, I, you know, I want to make sure you don't sell yourself short here because you're not afraid to attack these things head on. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you come over here and mess with the Pioneer rig all the time and you want to make sure that you know Rekordbox and you want to make sure you know Virtual DJ if you're going to be playing on that. And you want to know how to use this kind of hardware versus that kind of hardware. And I've been kind of a third party watching that happen a little bit and, and seeing you take on all those different things. And you don't necessarily have to. And not everybody takes the time or has the interest in, in doing that. Um, it, you know, you say that all these things have kind of come to you and fallen in your lap, but you've put in the work too, and you're sure, yeah. still putting in the work. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I, I think that that's that's to be commended. I don't, you know, stuff I mean, uh, comes comes to you, but you got to do something with that shit. Right, you know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> you, you, you get met halfway. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, the the amount that you put into anything, you know, you'll be met there. So, yeah. you know, it's. A passion of mine and you know I do want to continue growing with it and you know things just happen because people see that because people recognize that and can sense that can feel that you know yeah mm -hmm. cool. Kim thank you so much for being here on the passionate DJ podcast I wish you only the best in all these pursuits um, definitely come back and uh, talk to us again and uh, we'll get some updates on how things are going with uh, whatever you're calling EDM Tuesday now sure. <laughs> and Silent Disco and your development as an artist because I think that you're you're in in a sweet spot of um, of our audience where you know some some people they find passionate DJ podcast because they are either a brand new DJ or they're thinking about becoming one and then they find like one of my articles or something and then they get introduced to the podcast um, and then we have veteran DJs that have like word of mouth that have joined, mm -hmm. you know, through that way. And then there's this in between, uh, you know, this like, like I said, not, uh, not yet a veteran, no longer a novice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably where most of our audience is, but we never really address that segment directly. And so I think that having this conversation is, is important because you're right in your boots on the ground, right? Yeah. You're right in the trenches of that. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like you're doing some things right. You know, as, as much as you say it's coming to you, um, you're taking that and running with it. And uh, I always like to talk to people who hustle. So I appreciate that, Kim. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And keep on spinning, everybody. This has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. I saw this one thing um, online, so this one, like, I guess you could use, uh, like a dubstep producer, Snails, he had um, posted something, I guess, like, on Twitter, and everyone's, like, talking about it now, 
it's like I guess some sort of like challenge or like fun thing. Like a bunch of DJs just throw their USB like into a bag or a hat or whatever, yes. and then you like draw one, and then like you know I guess like the, you have like a day to like figure out like you know whatever, and then you just like play a set off of someone else's music. Like I love that, that would idea. be so insane. Trip talks about on the show sometimes. He used to do that with his DJ buddies with mm-hmm. uh, record crates. They oh, would have wow. get, get-togethers, and they'd be like, "You can play any record you want, as long as it isn't one of yours." So you'd have to pull something out of somebody else's crate and just figure it out. Yeah, you know. And so he was talking about how that would make you such a, a more well-rounded DJ uh-huh. because you you don't know the music, so you're just okay. Hopefully, this has at least thirty-two bars of intro that, right. <laughs> that I can work with or whatever. And, if not, oh well. Yeah, I think that would be so cool. Keep you on your toes. Theoretically, that would be so cool. But, I mean, you could bomb it, but, I sure. mean, it's... That's part of the fun, though. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's risky. Yeah. Right? I think that would, I mean, should that be, like, a big event? Mm, probably not. You know, I think it should a more intimate setting. Oh, sure. You know, because, like, if you're going to pay money you get to, more. to go to a big event and someone just fucks it all up, yeah. like, nah, that's not going to be cool. Plus, you'll get more participation if you're around people you're comfortable with than you will, like, hey, you want to get on stage and look like a jackass? Right. Like, not particularly. Yeah. But uh, there's an episode of the podcast, I'll, I'll have to go see which number it is because I can't remember, but where we talked about kind of, like, mixing games like mm-hmm. that. And there were like five or ten of them, I think. I'll see if I can dig those up and send it to you. You appreciate that. Like they'd have different, uh, different versions of that. Yeah. You know, with, with catches. Right. <laughs> that would be so. Cool. Yeah. And I mean, you know, in, in a more intimate setting, it's like okay, so now you kind of know like what kind of vibe I have. You know, but then to give me someone else's library, what I would make of that. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. would be a whole. I mean, I think that, I don't even know how to word it, but that would be, it would make more sense than doing it, let's say, at like a festival or, you know, at the mask or something, you know, right. because you you know what that person sounds like already. Yeah, the only, probably the only way you'd want to do that is if, maybe if you marketed marketed it specifically to DJs, mm-hmm. maybe like take an EDM Tuesday kind of night that's like kind of dwindling right now, nothing's really happening, maybe make like a, a night that's geared towards DJs and that's the whole point of it and you make kind of a spectacle out of it and maybe have an MC and like comment over it and razz people and stuff like yeah. you could turn that into an event yeah. if you wanted to, if you're creative enough to figure all that out mm-hmm. and you had the audience for it but in general yeah I don't think you want to just do that like come to mask and watch everyone just fuck look up look terrible yeah. sound awful <laughs> I mean so like when we first started doing like the, the pop-up silent disco uh-huh. like the second one um, so like Nathaniel wanted to do something different like DJ wise because if we're going to have them two weeks in a row they got to be different you know yeah. like there's got to be something and so we um, like uh, I think at least two or three times um, we had multiple people on like each channel. Um, I think. So you like rotated DJs or? Well, so um, John was on green with me, and 
so we were working on two separate controllers. So we couldn't really back to back um, because there's no uh, main. You didn't have a master mixer or something well, between we, the two of you? We could have done that, but in terms of mixing, I wouldn't be able to hear him and myself, you know, because gotcha. there's and just. You were no, separated, right? Well, um, for that one, when we were on the same channel, we were on the same stage. Oh, I see. Okay. But, um, that helps. yeah, so if I was, you know, we would both have to be plugged into the mixer, which we didn't have an extra, you know, plug for. Mm -hmm. um, and so just, we couldn't, like, beat match, we couldn't hear the other person, right? So back-to-back -back was not a thing, but so we did, like, 30-minute, like, oh, me, 30-minute okay. him, um, but uh, just to like switch things up was um, maybe a little bit of like a, a fumble, um, just because the disco crowd, they're used to what they're used to, you know, and then once you switch things up and, you know, John playing on green, which he's not used to, you know, the crowd's wow. not used to that either. <laughs> so, you know, to kind of like bring it back full circle, you know, to have... It's funny how stuck in our ways we get. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I mean, and also the, the format of, of the night itself and, you know, how I, you know, take the energy, you know, John's not used to that. Yeah. Um, or doesn't know how, how to work green um, the way that I do. John has a different style. He, he hits the ground running, usually. Well, right? I mean, when... tempo-wise and energy-wise, he's like all out mm -hmm. from the first moment a lot of the time. And he likes, to, he likes to do mashups and, yeah, you right. know, play vocals from other songs over, you know, a song Yeah, it's very active DJ. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you know, to have a crowd of people who are coming and, you know, having a certain expectation of that DJ, to hear them not play that thing, yeah. you know, they're just like, well, this is... It's just funny to think of, like... Well, I've been to Silent Disco three times, and this is not how green has been. <laughs> like, I mean, that's you know, it's just it funny was... how like that habit that you know, how habitual we are as human creatures. Yeah, it's you know, weird. it's it's crazy because you know I'm on like that main stage almost every single time, and there are people who don't know what it looked like, you know, and that's they just they just noticed the music wasn't yeah. the same. Yeah, like they just don't, they don't look up there. That's not a big deal to them. Yeah. You know, they're just here. Um, so when it sounds different, it's weird, you know. Yeah. 